You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of A Star Is Born. Maybe it's time to let the old ways down. Maybe it's time to let the old ways down. It takes a lot to change, man. Hell, it takes a lot to try. You know, man, in the old days, I always knew, like, you were going to do something, that you'd be all right. It's the first time I'm worried about you. Can I ask you a personal question? Okay. Tell me something, girl. Do you write songs or anything? I don't sing my own songs. Why? I just don't feel comfortable. Why wouldn't you feel comfortable? Almost every single person has told me they like the way I sounded, but that they didn't like the way I look. I think you're beautiful. Hey. What? I just want to take another look at you. In all the good times, I find myself longing for change. Here's what we're going to do. Come sing that song, what I love. No, I can't do that. Here, come on, here we go. <laughs> Look at me. All you gotta do is trust me. That's all you gotta do. All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for A Star Is Born, and the story is as follows. Seasoned musician Jackson Maine discovers and falls in love with struggling artist Allie. She has just about given up on her dreams to make it big as a singer until Jackson coaxes her into the spotlight. But even as Allie's career takes off, the personal side of their relationship is breaking down as Jackson fights an ongoing battle with his own internal demons. The film is starring Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga, Andrew Dice Clay, Dave Chappelle, and Sam Elliott. It is written and directed by Bradley Cooper. Joining me for this review, I have Katie Schaefer. Hello, hello. And Celia Shalekwe. Hey. All right, ladies. A Star Was Born, the 2018 version the bajillionth time that this movie has been remade. <laughs> but this time, it's starring Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. And I am actually recording this episode for the first time from my new uh, location in Brooklyn, New York. So if you hear any external sounds or anything like that, um, I do apologize. I'm still trying to get used to the environment over here. Uh, but speaking of sound, uh, I actually just want to first start off by saying I think this movie sounds amazing and you know I, like I just want to kind of just start off with that so let's just kick it right over to uh, Katie first ultimately what did you think of A Star Is Born? Sound wise it was like I was about 30 seconds in and was like whoa they knocked it out of the park with this in regards the, to that. What's the first song that uh, he opens up with? Um, oh god. Black, uh, black Eyes or? Yes Yes, I think so. I Yeah, yeah, Black Eyes. And, you know, as soon as you hear that opening guitar, the roar of the crowd, Bradley Cooper up on the stage, they, they captured live music so, so well with this. Yes. And that was, I think, uh, a big part of that. I read a couple uh, pieces about this, about the, you know, the history and background of the production. And I guess this was that part of it was really important to Gaga. Like she wanted the concert footage and music and all of that to be true to life. And so they recorded so much of that right there. Like the performances and all of that were recorded as you're, you know, watching it. 
You know, I also heard too that there was a lot of um, uh, like they, there was a great partnership between Gaga and Cooper. And not only does that show on screen with their chemistry, but there's like this funny thing where Cooper had to, had to direct uh, Gaga's acting performance, something that he has obviously a lot more experience with than she does. Although this is not like her debut performance or anything, um, she's just still a, a newbie to the to the art form, and she had to teach him stage presence, singing, uh, being a musician. So it's kind of funny how the two actually worked hand in hand with each other, uh, both within the context of the story and also in real life. And they worked on the songs together, Cooper and Gaga, like them and a couple other people all like each one of these songs is for the most part a group creation. And Cooper had a big hand in it as well. And I'm sure Gaga was the the driving force behind it all. But he wasn't just kind of sitting on the sidelines, which I thought was really cool. It makes it feel like a an ensemble creation and not, you know, the director did this, the actors did this and so on. But it's really funny though, because Bradley Cooper has his uh, hand on almost everything with this movie. He wrote it, produced it, directed stars in it, did the music. And yet it feels like a very collaborative process, like you're saying. Right. And it goes to show that all of those, um, you know, those indie movies, if we can even call them that, like if this was made by one dude in you know Canada or something, we would all be laughing at how bad it is. But Cooper is able to make all of that work. It all feels of a piece and uh, very rich. Their world feels very rich and realistic. And I thought that was I wasn't expecting that part of it. It doesn't feel fantasy like. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Silly, what about you? What, what, what was your, your biggest takeaway from A Star is Born? Or at least this version of A Star is Born? I was just curious. Um, has Cooper spoken about what inspired him to have this be his debut? I know he, ha- I know he has. I just can't remember the reason why. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, I, I haven't read anything specific. I mean, for all we know, you know, maybe it's because... The story is a proven commodity. We know it works. It's been told before. It's been told well. And if you if it's going to be your first time film, maybe maybe there is an aspect of trying to play it safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I read I read about it, and he said that this story appealed to him a lot because he the aspects of fame and the addiction and uh, coming up quick those all appealed to him as a story and something he felt that he could pour some of his own life into and it would be mm. he would be able to write it and it would be good okay interesting yeah because it, it, hit, it hits a little personally i guess in some ways um not to say that bradley cooper we think is a functioning alcoholic or anything no, like that I, no but <laughs> i'm seems, sure he's dealt yeah, with it at just, least a little bit of it yeah it just seems so like not his gig like i would not have thought that this kind of story would be the first thing he would want to, you know, Jackson Maine talks all about how being an artist is all about having something to say. And I didn't think that this is kind of what Cooper uh, had to say. Um, it was, I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. Not that I don't think it's good. I think it's very good. I think it'll be a victim of the hype train for sure. I've heard a lot of people say, even before the movie came out, that they think that this will be the new La La Land as far as, like, comes out early and everybody loves it. But as the season goes, like, people find more and more reasons to 
doubt it. <laughs> so we're not su- we're not too far from the shallow, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I I feel like I see this movie in parts a lot of the time. Like it's pretty easy for me to kind of like break it down into you know acting, directing, editing, like all of those things are so separate and so apparent that it kind of shows itself to me in, I don't know, like, like less than a whole, if that makes sense. Um, so uh, what I think you're trying to say is that you can see all the individual pieces of this movie at work, but it never cohesively yeah. comes together. I mean, I can see the gears turning and I won't say that it doesn't come together because again, like, don't come for me. It was a very good movie. <laughs> I just don't think it was necessarily like a revelation or never been done. Oh, no, no, no. I, You know, one of the things that I think a lot of people have been saying in regards to this film, especially as it pertains to its awards success that it will probably have throughout the season, is that it's not – I don't think it's a masterpiece or anything like that. I don't think it's like one of the greatest films ever made. I don't even know if it's, you know, one of the best films of the year even – um, but what I do know is I do know that if you take 50 people, 50 random people off the street and you ask them, hey, what was your favorite movie this year? A Star Wars Born is the kind of movie that gets the, the the average rating of, you know, placing very, very high on people's list. It may not be your number one or number two, but when all the uh, right. pieces add yeah. up. It'll be exactly. a lot of people's number three. You know, right. It's a very agreed upon movie in many ways. And it's definitely going to hit more, I think, with the public than it will with um, the the, the very, very hardcore uh, cinema girl who watch like, you know, hundreds of movies a year, essentially. I think to speak to your point of it's in pieces and that it's not a revelation. I felt at some points this felt like such a classic style movie. For me, mm-hmm. I watch a lot of classic films and especially these kind where it's like a big spectacle because uh, to a certain extent, A Star is Born, the story is always a little bit of spectacle. And mm-hmm. I think it grabs that. And it, But it's a safe movie, I think, for Cooper to make. And I think it's yeah. a great first effort. But it's not, you know, like you said, it's not a revelation. But it's pretty right. like, oh, wow, this is impressive for someone who this is your first directing gig and you're That's acting true. and writing and doing all of the things in it. I thought that was the most impressive part of it for me. You know, if this was a Scorsese or, so, or someone on that level, we'd be like, oh, this is decent. Not mm-hmm. as best, but decent. So I, I think there is also something to be said. And uh, Celia, I think this might be something that you're trying to say. I don't know. But. <laughs> I think there's something to be said for, despite the fact that it's been remade before, the predictability of the story, mm-hmm. knowing how the whole thing is going to play out and how that can dip its hat sometimes into, you know, the cheese factor mm-hmm. of the screenplay. Yeah. Yeah. For and like, sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting because uh, you said Jackson Maine's character in the movie says, you know, you need to have something to say. And while I do think Bradley Cooper does have something to say. Um, we as a people have heard mm-hmm. what this particular guy wants to say a bunch of times before, and right. it's nothing new. It's just been remodeled, reshapen for a new audience in 2018. And, you know, like, like I said, that, that I don't know if that's so much a fault on Cooper's part as much as, as much as it just is. You know, we're, we're craving new forms of storytelling in 2018. 
And even though he's taken a story that's been done uh, a few times before in, and redone it in a way that's not, never been done before and tried to add many aspects to it, like the live singing, for example, mm-hmm. um, taking country arena rock, I, I guess that's what the genre is, and you know, use that as the musical backdrop. And there's a couple of other different things in the relationship between him and uh, Ali in this movie, played by Lady Gaga, uh, where I do feel the characters are explored in a very poetic and beautiful way where we really, really, really know them by the time that this movie comes to an end mm-hmm. for all their faults and all their imperfections and in some cases their perfections because goddamn Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga it doesn't get any more perfect than that. Right. Uh, but, in, but in any event though, it's um, one of those things where I think just at the end of the day, it's a very formulaic story. So, so I have a question as someone who hasn't seen any of the old remakes. It's weird to say that. Like, I would normally say the original, but there's been like 14 of these movies. So, <laughs> is this screen like obviously the country singing and you know some of the details are different? But as far as like the main events that happen, especially towards the end, is that a through line from previous movies, or is it just? the only like carrying over is the theme of like big famous guy finds unknown girl and makes her famous. Is that the only thing that stays the same? Um, pretty much. And then of course her star, her stardom eclipses his. Right. And the ending is the same. Okay. So like, yeah, where all the characters to that throughout it, throughout all of the different remakes, it holds on to that. that Even, even in the artist, believe it or not, which is kind of an unofficial remake of A Star is Born. All right. So I won't feel too bad talking about this then. I was curious your guys' opinion. I've seen kind of things online of people claiming that they liked the first half better. And if I feel like it's kind of easy to split this movie into two halves. Like there's quite a significant tone shift in the middle-ish area. Um, 60 minutes in. That's when it yep. happens. And... So a lot of people, like, what What do you guys think? Do you guys prefer the first, like, romantic comedy part or the second, like, drama part? That's an interesting question. And I've been trying to ask myself lately if a lot of that criticism is fueled by the Gaga hate, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Because in the second half of the film, Gaga kind of becomes, well, Gaga. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wonder how much of that criticism is fueled by people who just don't want to see Lady Gaga, don't like Lady Gaga, don't care for Lady Gaga. While I do think that the the pacing of the movie in that transitional uh, period is a bit jarring and it does feel like the movie kind of shifts gears a little bit um, in terms of its tone and what it's like going for a bit more. Um it's a minor complaint. It's not a serious complaint. So for me, it didn't really bother me. So wait, so are you I, saying that you like each half equally? Sorry. I, I do. I do. I and, But I'm acknowledging that I see the difference and I see the transition and, and, I, and I understand why some people would take issue with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. But for me, it wasn't an issue. I think I agree with Matt. I don't, I didn't find it an issue, but for me, it's because I've 
I've been in those relationships where things are amazing and gorgeous and then all of a sudden shit goes wrong. And for me, it's that scene in the bathtub where Mm -hmm. he's totally wasted and comes in and has this moment with her where I was like, oh, this is this is where it goes down. This is where the reality sets in. And this is what it is to date an addict. This is what it is to date someone who doesn't know how to deal with their emotions. And then from that point, it becomes very much a movie about a codependent relationship between an addict and the person who loves them. Mm-hmm. And that is spot on that kind of stuff. There's a little bit, there's a thread of truth and reality running through that aspect because she just keeps trying. She's Mm -hmm. like, no, this is my relationship. I'm going to fix it. And he's like, I'm going to try. And then he just (laughs) fails fails miserably. Yeah, I I, I think there is a beautiful connection there uh, that's really well established in the first half between the two of them where the chemistry and the authenticity of the relationship that those two characters share feels very very genuine that for me personally um, I look at Jackson Maine as a character and I just I, I don't really have any pity or sympathy for him personally and as a result of which I look at Ali and my first thing is girl he is trouble, red flags. Right. You need to get the hell out of that. You know what I mean? Right. But, but there is a difference between, you know, meeting a functional alcoholic who happens to be charming and meeting a famous, rich, gorgeous Bradley Cooper functional alcoholic who can, you know, kind of introduce you to a whole new world of fame and glamour and glitz and, you know, for someone who is just living with her father, by the way, uh, Andrew Dice Clay is really, really good in this. I, 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 I have to say, that was so funny when they were like, "This is how many people have seen it." Can you believe that? And then the guy's like, <laughs> "How do you know that? They can't know that." That was right. That was so old man. So funny. Yeah, they were they were all fantastic uh, together. Uh, her father and her and her friends, but. I can totally see the allure, and I understand why she would get kind of swept up, uh, swept off her feet by him. So you know, and that was my biggest hurdle with the movie was why does she love him? I don't understand why she would love him. He is a mess. He is a very kind of a sorry excuse for a human being, to be honest with you. But Matt, he's but, a gorgeous mess. He is exactly a gorgeous mess, <laughs> and not just physically. Like he has a soul and this painful story and he lets her in just a little bit and there's nothing more intoxicating for a woman like that than a gorgeous mess that's willing to show their heart to you because you feel special. Yeah, no. And, and, and I think that's why I was able to overcome that hurdle and the movie was able to work really well for me in that first half as a result. Yeah. Um, I, so I guess for me, and this is going to sound so annoying, and I know it, and I feel <laughs> annoying saying it. But speak your truth. Speak your truth. <laughs> I feel like one of those people who like hates the new Star Wars and says like there were too many jokes in the Star Wars movie, and everybody's <laughs> like, "You're stupid. It's fine." Maybe not stupid. Sorry if you feel that way. I think that's like not a reasonable thing to complain about, but. In this movie, knowing 
it was going to be like a big sweeping drama. The first half totally threw me for a loop as far as like how much they leaned into this, like, I don't know, Mary Kate and Ashley type plot line of like nobody girl. girl. Yeah. Like nobody girl meets famous boy and look at how good life is now. Like it really surprised me. And, and it was funny. There were like light, lighter moments that actually made us laugh. It was believable and it was good and all of those things. But like there was this constant little voice in the back of my head being like, all right, now like let's get to the plot. <laughs> let's get to the let's get to the conflict. Like I know this isn't the conflict. Let's get to the conflict. Maybe it's time to let the good ways die. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just kind of like. I don't know. I I liked the second half way better than the first half. I felt like it was a lot more forward moving. I felt like it had a lot more stakes and like kept me a lot more invested. Mm. But I've also read so many people that were like, I just wanted to like live in that first half a bit longer. So, um, yeah. And I think the first half sets up for the later half. Yeah. I mean, it's needed. It's needed to be there. But, um, I think that kind of like juxtaposition and the fact that I'm noticing like this is not going to be the way that it always is. I think that just speaks to Cooper's first time directing. I I also want to ask this question, too, because it just occurred to me um, when you're saying you want to live in that first half a little bit more um, or second half rather, uh, you know, either way, I am kind of coming back to the music. Mm hmm. And I don't know about you two, but I much preferred the music in the first half of the film mm-hmm. to the second half mm-hmm. when uh, Allie makes that transformation and she starts playing a totally different genre of music than what she starts off doing with Jackson. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, and, and as somebody who pop music is okay, it's fine. There's some songs that are, you know, are catchy and they do their thing. They, you know, I, I wonder if that is what loses maybe some people in the second half the more I think about it uh, and the more I hear you say, um, like when you just said people want to live in the first half of this movie, I think it's a lot of it is because he's being vulnerable and he's showing who he really is to her mm-hmm. and she doesn't have the makeup, the the hair, and she is being herself and she right. is being uh, vulnerable and expressive for the first time ever, letting that inner um, voice in her come out. And the songs they do together, like The Shallow, or um, my favorite song in the movie is Always Remember Us This Way. Like mm-hmm. when she plays that love ballad on the, on the stage with the piano, I mean like, whew. Like, my heart just swooned well, yeah. uh, for that song. And, and it's because in that half, Lady Gaga's being a character. Like, I think that kind of gets back to what you were saying earlier about how people who, like, maybe not connect with the second half as much because in the second half, she's just Lady Gaga. Like, she's no longer Allie. She's, like, Lady Gaga pretending to be married to an addict. But see, here, here's where I differ on that. I, I am a Gaga fan for since years and years and years and I have all her albums I know all her songs um and she is not gaga she has some of the aspects but she has none of the artistry none of the weirdness like she's taking on what is very much just an average pop star in the same way yeah. as Nicki Minaj as 
not quite Beyonce, but Madonna did in her time. Like she is not inhabiting the weird artistry that Gaga has made a part of her music for since she began. And I think people see her, and this is why I think she might take some hits in the awards season is because people will take that. They will say, oh, she's a pop star. She's being Gaga. It's like, no, no, this isn't Gaga. This is a, she's just taking on the role that women in music are so often assigned. Like it's really hard to be anything other than a pop star as a woman musician, because you're just not given any money to do it. And people don't want that. Or it's thought by the studios. They don't want that. That asshole manager in this movie um, her manager, oh, who like yeah. delivers the harsh truths that you're like alluding to there, Katie. Um, yep. that, that just pisses me off so much because it just it just goes to show you like how oh god shallow the music industry is. <laughs> there's that there's that pun again. Um, but yeah, when his manager, uh, when her manager like tells her you need to be a certain way, otherwise we won't be able to promote this album, or you need to. Uh, distance yourself from Jackson, et cetera, et cetera. It's all fueled by just a business, like a business decision. And it's like, I oh man, like, like that character just really angered me so much while watching this yeah, movie. Yeah. Well, the yeah, end I is think- kind of his fault. I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there. What happens at the end? I fully blamed it on that guy. I was like, nice dude. Nice. And it's interesting too, because once again, from a business standpoint, he's not wrong. No, but there was but there was no reason for him to get personal with the um, with the pep talk the way that he did. You know what I'm saying? Oof, mm-hmm. That was awful. That was. Yeah. So awful. Yeah. Um, I don't think you'll find a single person who has seen this film who won't agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, Oscar talk goes like I feel like this movie came out and didn't really have a second to breathe before everybody started uh trying to assign it to categories um yeah uh which which is kind of the i kind of blame that on the marketing campaign that's what happens when you see a preview before every movie you've ever seen for the past six months but let's talk about that for a minute because i want to talk about the performances at this point right one thing i was not expecting from this movie i did not think i was going to walk away from this movie saying that lady gaga was the best in show Neither did I. But I but I truthfully believe that she is. I, I think that up there with Tony Collette from Hereditary, she is probably probably my favorite lead actress performance this year. And if she were to win for this, you would not hear any complaints from me. Mm. I think she's amazing. And like I said, I'm a fan. I didn't expect this. I expected to see her just be Gaga. And she was not at all. She's acting, she's performing, she's being someone else in this. And I was like, girl, you did it. Hell yeah. She's very authentic. She's very real in like the scene where they have their blow up in the bathtub. Oh. Um, and they have like overlapping dialogue with each other and just her facial expressions and how she conveys um, that amount of sadness and pity and anger and disgust. I just really, really bought into her performance more than I did with Cooper's because with Cooper's, I can I could almost see the mechanisms at work in terms of his acting and what he was doing with that performance. Um, 
you know, dropping his voice a few octaves, the slurred speech, the mumbling, the awkward uh, body movements. I, I could almost see through it a few times. Um, but I still think he's really good. And if he were to also win for this, I would also not be upset about it um, or anything like that. I don't think it's a bad performance. It just wasn't the all-timer great you know, best actor winning performance that I would love to see go, uh, love to see the Oscar go to. It's mm-hmm. a very solid performance. And, and, and in my opinion, it's also Cooper's best. I disagree with both of you, actually. I think that, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I think that Lady Gaga did good. And I thought that she totally held her own against Cooper, which is not nothing like that's a really, that would be a really difficult task to do, especially, especially considering he has this really, a showy part. I mean, I don't know how many movies she's done. Obviously, she's done American Horror Story, but um, <laughs> Machete. She's done almost nothing, honestly. Yeah. So, so like, obviously, very impressive. Um, I think she will. You know, Katie. Even though you say like, you know, she's not playing herself. She's just playing like a blanket pop star. Um, people who don't follow her stuff, you know, consistently, aren't going to know that. And so, I think yes. she will suffer from. Um, kind of that feeling like I don't you know I haven't heard one of her songs since I don't know five years ago when I used to listen to the radio you know so I don't I don't know what she's up to I don't know what her like style is anymore so you know I kind of saw that and was just like seems like something she would have done early in her career you know that seems like the kind of way she would have been early in her career so it doesn't really surprise me I think she'll suffer from that I think Cooper, and the thing that I think is like really the kicker is I think Cooper does a better job of providing an arc than Gaga does. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You mean like for himself? Because uh, he wrote the film. Well, no. I mean, the way that he plays his part, you can kind of see his his performance telegraphs how things are going to go. You know, so like when he starts getting... Like when his alcoholism starts getting worse, it doesn't just happen out of nowhere. Like you can kind of tell a couple scenes beforehand that like something's going to happen. Oh, well, I mean, he starts off the movie as a mess. This movie does not start off with him being normal. No, I'm not saying it does, but, but. Oh, no, no. So I'm saying, you know, you saying it's heavily telegraphed. Um, but I'm saying I agree with you. Like, yeah. you know, the very opening of the film is him leaving a show and being like, I just want to get a drink at yeah, a bar. Exactly. I don't care which the bar. Opening, just give me a drink. The opening scene just, is him popping the pill bottle and swigging some booze, and then right. it, he goes out on stage. So it's apparent but it's, from the. But it's more than just like the the script dictating it. It's uh, like in the. I just don't want to ruin the end for people, but like in the last scene, like before his last scene, the look on his face. And, you know, they repeat that line, that famous line, especially when you compare it to how it looked before, like the first time he said that line, it was just heartbreaking. Like, and that's kind of what I mean. Like Lady Gaga did really, really good, but I thought she was acting in scenes where I kind of feel like Bradley Cooper was acting in a movie. Yeah. Like I just felt like I understood his character more and Lady Gaga felt more reactionary. And maybe that was too much a function of the script to really like relate it to any acting but the first half lady gaga really shined 
And then the entire last half, it was like Bradley Cooper just like came through out of nowhere and just like gave this insanely like killer performance. I don't think he's going to win for it. Like, I'm not saying that like in, in this year's field, like it's the best of the year, but I was just blown. Like, I did not expect that from him given the beginning. And I was just blown away by it, honestly. What did you all think of Sam Elliott? I thought he was really good. Yeah, he's great. I mean, it's Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott's yeah. always great. He's, I mean, in those 30, 40 seconds he has in The Big Lebowski, you just love him. Yeah, so I wish he could yeah, work with anything. I just wish he got more time. Yeah. I felt like there was a lot there that really could have been developed. Yeah. And that feels like a screenplay, a screenplay problem to me, you know? like. Well, I can understand if Cooper wanted to focus on you know, him and uh, Allie's relationship as the heart and center of this film. And I totally understand that all the supporting characters are exactly that. They are supporting characters. Mm -hmm. What it said to me while I was watching it was it said to me, I think Sam Elliott is good for a nomination. I am less confident now in a win, unless if the Oscars want to do something that they've done in the past, which is they want to just reward the grisly old veteran um, even if it's not the best performance that that person's ever given, and even if it's not the best performance of the nominated five, they yeah. just want to give it to that person. That whole cat, yeah, yeah, that whole category is going to be very dependent on um, campaigning this year. I think I don't oh, think yeah. there's any shoe very in. Much so. Yeah. Uh, what was everyone's uh, favorite song in the movie? Mm. Uh, the last one. Whatever that one yeah. was called. I'll Never Love Again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That performance is so good. See, that that struck me as too 90s power ballad. You know, like, I, I, it's emotional, and I think it works extremely well when I watch it in the context of the film. But as a standalone, something I would listen to on its own, um, it hasn't worked for me so far when I've been listening to the soundtrack. Always Remember Us This Way is the track for me that has been working the most. Right. Um, and I really, really love how that plays. It's just a standalone song. Um, and when I watched it in the film, it actually brought tears to my eyes because I knew where the story was going. So to have that song in the middle um, at the highest point in their relationship, it was you know just reveling in the good times and knowing that those good times were not going to last forever. And that was just really heartbreaking, heartbreakingly sad for me. See, that's how I felt about the last one. And it's very manipulative the way they do it with the oh, flashbacks yeah. and stuff like that. Oh my God. This film has one of the best, yeah. the best uh, jump cut edits I have seen in so long at the end yeah. of this movie. My God, was that incredible? Yeah, but I got, I got that exact. I mean, I didn't, I, I don't. Did you listen to the soundtrack before you saw the film? No, I listened to it right after. Okay, yeah, yeah I she didn't get it until um, yesterday. Yeah, I haven't listened. You know, I wasn't one of those people that listened before I saw it. Um, but I would imagine if I were to listen to that now, that would be what I was thinking. Like, I wouldn't be thinking about the song as a song. I would be thinking about the song as it functioned in the movie. And I would probably feel the same. The shallow works better in the context of the film as well. That's right. right. When I saw that part for me, I love that song and mm -hmm. I got chills. Well, because my the production of it, when I listened to it on the, on the record, I was kind of taken aback by how weird it sounded. Um, yeah. Not just in the way it was recorded, but also in the way it was timed structurally. Mm -hmm. And I felt like there were pieces missing or like maybe there was dialogue or something that was in the movie that there was cut out of the song. Because I'm like, why is this edited so like jarringly? And then when you see it in the movie, 
and you realize it's Cooper doing this whole impromptu, hey, I just did this arrangement of this song that I heard you sing. Let's just see if it works and come out on stage and we'll wing it. And, you know, she has no idea mm-hmm. how the musicians are going to play the song. And she's just kind of just going through it. It just made so much more sense. And I was like, oh, OK, I, yeah. I, I, I get now why the song plays weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's that one moment when it cuts to like when the, when the first chorus starts. And like yeah, she, it was she so doesn't weird know. in the movie because it's like this huge belty note. But she like wasn't prepared for it. So her yeah, mouth yeah, like exactly. goes through it really fast. And I was like. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was that was lip sync. Like, there's no way that note happens that quickly. <laughs> right. But um, uh, didn't they already submit? Didn't they already announce what songs they're going to submit? Um, I don't know if it's official, but I believe if I remember correctly, I think it's going to be all. Um, I'll never love again. The final song, the power ballad, uh, the shallow, and I. This, like I said, I don't know if this is happening or not, but. Um, Cooper's song, uh, what's it called? Old Ways Die or something? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. The I can't one remember the from the, the first half of the trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to refer to all the parts as like they showed in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think those are the three songs that they are submitting. I, 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 I might be wrong on that, but um, why don't we at this point move over to, uh, since we're talking a lot about awards talk here, uh, our final thoughts on the film, great out of 10 and any Oscar potential. Um, I know we've kind of tipped our hat a little bit into that so uh why don't we first start off with you celia uh any final thoughts on the film that we did not talk about as someone who is kind of new to the whole movie criticism thing huge like pretty much the only huge downside that i've experienced is having to keep up with hype (laughs) and i think this and i think this movie kind of suffered from having so much hype built around it i kind of wish that i didn't know what critics were thinking about it you know a month ago and I kind of wish there wasn't such a huge conversation around it because I feel like it is a really personal story that I hope people go into with as open a mind as possible um it was very good I don't think it's going to be the best movie of the year especially when you look at what we have coming up I think it's a really solid film good directorial debut good good quote unquote debut for Gaga and everyone will enjoy it it should have come out Christmas day um (laughs) I I would probably give it uh like an eight out of ten and um I think it'll get nommed for like ten things but I don't think it'll necessarily uh sweep okay Katie um so I wanted to make sure to mention that uh it's hard to look at this film outside the context of two things. One, that Cooper is that first-time director, which we've gone on about, um, and that this is a movie that is the fourth or fifth remake of of a story that is common, not just in Hollywood, but in books and TV and everything. And I think it's a worthy successor to those movies, Uh Especially in regards to the Streisand one, because at some points I will say that Cooper kind of feels like he's doing a Christopherson impression, especially (laughs) in the opening of the film, because the scenes from that one are almost an exact match for the new one. Um, But I think Cooper does a really great job for his first view, and it made me excited to see what he's going to bring to the table after this, hopefully with more stuff that he's written, because I thought the script was pretty damn good for being such an iconic story. 
and having to interpret that for a new generation and a new audience. So I really enjoyed this. And for me, this is probably one of my favorite movies of the year. It's not the best movie of the year by any means, but it's pretty damn good. Um, I give it a nine out of 10. And I think it, I agree with Celia that this will get lots and lots of nominations. And But the one that I really hope it wins, honestly, is probably Best Director, because I think Cooper did such wow. a damn good job. And Gaga for Best Actress, of course, because I think this was a, this might be one of my, the best performances from a main actress this year. Okay, well, a um, couple things I just wanted to touch upon with this movie was I wanted to also mention how gorgeous I think Matthew Lebatique's cinematography is in this movie. Um, his use of uh, colored lighting, um, the way that he captures the sky in certain scenes, um, the way that he lights uh, Jackson's house. There's a lot in this movie that looks so much better than it has any right to be. Um like those opening uh, scenes on the stage where, you know, the camera is just swooling around uh, Bradley Cooper's guitar and him and the, you get the, the lens flares of the lights and it just all looks so, so good. There's um, a lot of takes on stage of, of focusing on Gaga that sometimes go on and on and they don't cut away um, for a bit, but the camera just keeps us so, so invested as it smoothly just glides around them. I, I think the work that he does in this is... Honestly, he could maybe win for this. I, I'm not sure if he will at this time, but I think he's definitely locked for a nomination at, at the very least. Um, the editing, and as I had said in the beginning of this, I think the sound of hearing the stuff at the concerts and the arena and what the music sounds like, especially um, if you you know have ever been to a live show, it really sounds really great when you watch this movie. Um, the performances are all fantastic, as we uh, discussed before. The screenplay, I think, is maybe possibly the weakest aspect of the film overall. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one scene in particular, and if you listen to it on the soundtrack, it's actually a line of dialogue on the soundtrack where it, it's their it's their fight scene. I think it, I think it's called scene 98 or something like that, and there's like one point where Cooper just says the f bomb four times in a row for like each sentence Mm -hmm. and it just comes off as lazy writing to me um but i don't know but like that's just me and i just feel like there are a few moments in this movie where the writing is really good like i love the dialogue exchange between cooper and sam elliott that they have in the driveway about their father and how jackson views his uh his brother and I also love how his brother, it's like, it's interesting how like Sam Elliott has like some of the most like soulful moments in this movie. I love when Sam Elliott talks about 12 notes to Allie and what those 12 notes uh, mean to Jackson Maine and how he uh, viewed her through those notes. It's just like very, very poetic writing in moments like that. And then there were just some scenes, like I said, where it's a little cheesy. It's a little too heavy handed. uh, But I think for general audiences, especially, I think this movie works extremely well. Uh, my score would be a 9 out of 10. I think it might be my weakest 9 out of 10, though, this year that I've given. Mm. Um, I, I'll have to uh, revisit that when I watch the film again. I'm sure it'll be released probably around January, February on Blu-ray. And um, I'll catch it again at some point. And as far as Oscars are concerned, I'll go in a little bit more detail. 
Um, I think it's going to get nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Adapted Screenplay, Cinematography, Film Editing, Sound Mixing, and probably two songs. Um, Probably, I would imagine, the big power ballad at the end of the film and The Shallow. And I could very easily see a scenario like La La Land where The Shallow is the film that uh, is the song that wins, Um, even though I'll Never Love Again reminds me so much of Audition, where Mm -hmm. with Emma Stone, that was kind of like her scene that sealed the deal for her with winning the Oscar. Mm -hmm. Because it was it was not just um, based so much within the story and told a lot about that character and what she was feeling. But there was also a performance being given while the song was playing by the actress. And I think the same thing applies to Gaga here in this movie, where her performance really, really comes across in that final number. So as far as wins go, oh man, I don't know. Because we've made mistakes before where we've predicted wins early in October. And yes, this does have a front runner status currently tied to it at the moment. So I don't want to jinx anything. But needless to say, Every single nomination I just said, oh, oh, and I almost forgot, Best Supporting Actor for Sam Elliott, that would be another one. Um, But every nomination I just said, it stands a potential chance to win. Mm -hmm. It could win film editing. It could win cinematography. It could win sound mixing. The actors, the even the damn screenplay. (laughs) If they really, really went for it hard, it could happen. I mean, there is a scenario where it, walks away on Oscar night with the most wins if they really, really love it that much. But there is a world because it is coming out early. It gives people enough time to get their pitchforks ready to tear this film apart. So I don't want to say anything yet. I will say, though, that if it were to go on to win uh, the big awards like picture, director, actor, actress, I would not be upset. I don't think this is a bad movie by any means i think it's imperfect but i don't think it's a unworthy winner in any regard well yeah and and i don't know about pitchforks but um i think it coming out so early gives other films breathing space um so that they can kind of have their moment to shine without being overtaken by uh something that's kind of built into the spotlight yeah, because if it did come out on Christmas Day, like you were saying before, it would almost feel like a, hey, we're here to crash the party right. sort of movie. And maybe people would actually, maybe maybe the bloggers and uh, the awards pundits would hate the movie even more. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, yeah. Maybe. So I think it would be like a darkest hour situation where when it comes out, everybody's just like, Oscar nom. This, you just want to win an Oscar. That's all this is. And it kind of becomes, kind of gets lost in the shuffle because people only see it as from that cynical viewpoint yeah. and there are people who were seeing in this movie like that now anyway it is a people pleaser though like you were you're right general audiences are gonna you know Love they're gonna this. go crazy for it my grandmother and uh her two daughters my aunts uh saw this the other night and they could not stop gushing over how much they loved it mm-hmm. so yep anyone that's like you know just going for the the gaga bradley cooper uh, you know, they're singing <laughs> factor. Yeah. Uh, they're going to go into this and they're going to walk out and they're going to be like, that was so sad. And it was so great. And oh, I love the music. And, you know, that's all well and good. And all we have to ask ourselves is, 
are the Academy members going to respond the same way? Or is there enough time for something else to come along to materialize and capture their hearts and imaginations? That will be seen. Yep, it is early still. We are only in October after all, and we are far from the shallow now. Um, Okay, no more puns. (laughs) Katie, where can I find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at KT underscore Schaefer. Celia. You can find me on Twitter and on Letterboxd at Films Unstuck. And you could find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of A Star is Born, the 2018 version, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, also on CastBox and on Acast. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and support. And speaking of support, if you head over to our Patreon page where for $1 minimum a month, you can get some exclusive podcast content from us, including we are going to be reviewing all previous three versions of A Star Is Born, and we are going to release that exclusively for our podcast listeners on Patreon. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Sleepover Cinema, Cinema. our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.